This podcast was recorded and produced on the lands of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. Blackbirds acknowledges and pays respects to elders past, present, and emerging. No offense, but. No offense, but. You guys suck. Oh, no offense, though. Like, no offense. Great Britain has now become Snowflake Central. No, 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 no. Oh my god. Look, no offense, but. Oh, oh my god. Oh. No, I am not proud of that. get him a vegan sausage roll to calm down. What the fuck is bullshit? Hello and welcome back to No Offence But, a Blackbirds podcast. My name is Aisha and I am the Artistic Director of Blackbirds and the host of this show. And oh my god, it has been a minute. I have been so busy with some big work things that I'll hopefully be able to tell you about really soon. But yeah, there's been a lot going on so I just had to take a little break. Anyway, I am back today with my guest Ashley, aka at Peachtings on Instagram. Ashley is a young black American woman who now calls Australia home. She is a stylist, a designer and artist who absolutely knows how to wear a bold colour and accessorise accordingly. We're going to get into more about Ashley and her work in another episode, but in this chat we dive into some big issues around race, cultural identity and the culture shock moving from Omaha, Nebraska to Brisbane, Australia. Ashley shares some huge personal experiences and I'm so grateful that she chose to share her story with us. Just a little heads up before we get into the chat, there is a little bit of audio rustling. It's just Ashley's headphones moving around, so ignore it if you can, or you can be like me and pretend it's the sweet rustling of the leaves moving in an ocean breeze. When was the last time that you were offended or you offended someone? That's actually a really good question because it was interesting the other day or the other week or something. I, I don't know if I, um, I don't know if I actually offended the person per se, but I'm always cautious of, this is actually, there's two different stories to this. Um, I'm always cautious of how I approach someone when they come into my store. So of course I say, Hey, how are we? But like sometimes you just, you're speaking so much in the day, you just go, oh, hey girls, or hey ladies, hey guys. And nowadays, like you can't just, you can't just put a gender on everybody. You have to be Mm -hmm. really cautious about how you think of things. And then especially in my store, it's quite trendy. Like we sell vintage and new stock. So it's, we get a, a variety of different customers that come in and we've always got, you know, just everybody. So I, I need to be really cautious of how I approach my customers. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually had a couple of um, like, and here I go again, I actually can't identify them because they didn't really give me, um, they didn't say that they were this or that. So yeah. I said, Hey ladies, when they walked in, um, and they could have been anyone and they kind of just gave me this look that was so it was sour at first and then they just said hey Mm. and then when they came to the counter and bought whatever they bought we ended up having a chat and a conversation and I realized that I did um impulsively identify their gender and Mm. nowadays it it mean you know some people are gonna feel like why well why can't I say that this is what they look like which is it's just disrespectful for me I'm I'm like I'll always, if it's going to offend you, I will always try and comply with your wishes. I, I would rather not offend you. Exactly. So like, I understood where they were coming from, even though they didn't 
tell me anything at the counter and they didn't go into details or anything. I kind of got a vague idea of what I could have possibly done to make them feel reluctant to talk to me upon first meeting. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. I think, you know, that's right though. Like you don't want to offend anyone, but it is also, as you were saying, it's just a, a habit. Like I've mm-hmm. really had to consciously make sure I don't say, Hey guys, cause I say it all the time and I don't mean males when I say it, but, but some people do get, offended by that and so it's like okay cool if I know that someone gets offended by that then I'm going to do everything I can to make sure I don't offend someone and say that because it doesn't mean anything to me but it that doesn't mean that it doesn't mean something to someone else exactly and I always say hey guys I'm like hey guys it's just impulsive you know something we do we say hi to our friends like hey guys hey dudes you know yeah but I do try and make a conscious effort because even if there are people that are more offended than others, regardless, they're more offended than others. So Mm. we may as well try and work out a way to just be friendly with each other. You know what I mean? Mm, mm. I think that the reason I, I knew he wasn't offended, but the reason I, I stood back and looked at the situation was because if someone had come up and said that to me, I'd be like, Oh, okay. Um, but I'd met this guy a couple of times and he's got a really unique name, I guess. It's just cool. Like he's, he's named after a cat, uh, a big cat. And, and it was just cool. I was like, Hey, you know, and he, uh, he, he's got very brown skin and he works at this shop that I like. And it was just interesting to hear his name and then to see what kind of a person he was. Like he was just a cool guy, you know, yeah. and and in no way, shape or form did I mean to come out this abrupt, but I guess because I'd had like nine shots of coffee before I'd asked him this <laughs> question, I was on a bit of a high and I, I was just like, Oh, Hey, like, I, I was like, where, so I've never been able to ask you like, where are you from? And he's just like, Oh, I'm, I'm Australian. And I was like, yeah, but like, why are you Brown? Yeah, And like, oh my God, I don't know why I said it. I'm such a, it, it was just something that just like, it was impulsive. And I was like, oh my God, but he wasn't offended and that's fine. It's just that the reason that I bring it up is because I'm like, if someone had said that to me like that so quickly, I'd be like, what? <laughs> like, do you like, you you think you can just come up and ask me that and I was a bit like I just took a step back and I was like I'm sorry turns out I'm actually good friends with I didn't even realize they were dating but turns out I'm good friends with one of the girls that he's dating and I was like oh my god I like said this thing to him and it was an accident and I didn't mean to and I just felt so abrupt and and bad and it was just something, but he's, he's a really cool guy. And he was so understanding as to why I was like, you know, Hey, you know, people yeah. ask us all the time. They ask you and I all the time, like, where are you from? You know? Yeah, exactly. So it wasn't bad. It was just that I think I was just overanalyzing the situation and kind of putting myself in his shoes and being like, if someone had come up to me though, I'd kind of look at them like, why'd you, why'd you say it like that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it also is a bit different. I feel like when you're both people of color asking that question, yeah like did I say something wrong anyway (laughs) okay well speaking of like where are you from how do you culturally identify well I um I am American I was born and raised in Omaha Nebraska um so I do culturally identify as uh just like a a black American Mm -hmm. obviously we are African-American widespread Mm. and obviously our ancestors fought for us to even have that 
cultural separation from Americans in general so that we could be our own, I guess. And I do get that, but we're so far, far away from, like, in my personal opinion, I am so far away from being African, of yes. African descent. As I, I, I am brown, and, and realistically, like, everybody in this world is of African descent because that's where we came from. So it, I just, like... I am an American and I, I know that my background is in African. I think I, uh, my father has like Caribbean or something cause he's from New Orleans. So mm-hmm. his background is actually French, if anything. Um, mm. So I, I don't know. And speaking on that as well, I guess I don't really think it's, it's not not fair, but American black Americans get really upset and annoyed at, a lot of other cultures for obviously taking our culture. Like we don't like yes. that shit. Like we, we fucking hate it. You know, we get to a point where we're like, we're just sick of it. Like you come in here and you do all this shit to us and then you just take our shit yeah. as a joke and laugh about it. But if we get so upset about people doing that, then like why do we feel that we can actually I, identify as African-American when we, we have no idea where we're from and Africa is a continent. Yes. And I actually learned, I've learned that there's a lot of African uh, people. I've, I've got friends from Uganda and, and stuff like that, that they really hate that shit, bro. And I never realized, I really didn't notice that, that African uh, countries, people from African countries really hate that Americans use African-American when they don't know where they're from and they don't know anything about Africa. They just say, oh, I'm African. And then they wear dashikis and they're like dashiki pride and blah, blah, blah. But they don't say, oh, I'm from Ghana or I'm from Kenya. You know, they don't know much about it to use it. And I actually didn't, I had a, um, a customer come into my store a couple of weeks ago and talk to me about that. And I just like, I had already been feeling that way for like majority of my life. I'd already been feeling that way. So when she actually approached me and she was like, and what do you identify as? And I was like, Oh, and I told her, and then she asked me what I thought about that saying African-American. And I was Mm -hmm. like, well, I, I've always kind of identified as just an American. And she said, well, I just don't think it's fair and kind of went on it wasn't like abrupt or anything. It was just, it was informative and it was really interesting because I don't think a lot of people know that. Mm. Do you think that's something that is like more prevalent, that kind of conversation and discussion within a younger generation? Or like, do you think that like people of your father's generation and grandparents in America, they also feel that way or? No, because they fought from a different time. So mm. when I speak to when I speak to my if I if I speak to my grandma about something like this, you know, she'll be like, "Yeah, but we were fighting mm. for our independence," and and that's why I completely understand the use of the word because mm. we are of African descent. We did we did come from that, you know. So I really do get it. Um, I think speaking to a younger generation this is where this opinion opinion sort of stems from because we are so far beyond that point. You know, I think we obviously still face a lot of racism and a lot of shit, you know, I'm talking about, but I think it, um, 
I think our grandparents, like they, they still, my, my grandma still had to fight at that age. Um, mm. She was still fighting for just respect. And I think from her point of view, it is different. Whereas from my point of view, um, I, although like it doesn't change, I am still fighting for respect, but I'm also fighting for my culture. I'm fighting, I'm fighting to identify um, as an American, I find mm. personally, even though, you know, a lot of people are opposed to Americans right now, but I want to find out where I'm really from. I want to find out what my black really is. Mm. And then I want to get to a point where I can start representing that or, or making that apparent because right now I am just American. I'm just yeah. that basic old American, you know, that, that is really all I am. And that's, mm. how, that's all a lot of us are. Um, unless identified otherwise. Like my mum got the Gen X test and she's got like Senegalese in her, she's got German, she's got like 2% Chinese, all this bunch of mixed stuff. And yeah. Who, who knows if it's accurate or not, but it is very interesting to even see something like that because you're like, yeah, true. You could be a bunch of different cultures. What was life like growing up in America? I don't know. It's, it's interesting, like growing up in America was very, I wasn't very well off. Like I lived in the hood, mm -hmm. you know, we, my, my parents never let me know that we weren't very well off there. Cause we always looked cute as fuck. So, um, <laughs> but like they always dressed us well. Like there was never a time where we looked broke, but yeah. we may have been very broke. Growing up in America was hard because I, I think, uh, I lie. I'll take that back. I had a very great life growing up there. But that's just because you don't realize what's going on when you're that young. But I, growing up with my cousins, playing out on the street and going to school, it was like, it was a great time. I wasn't exposed to many white people, which is interesting. My, mm. um, I've got an extended side of my family that is white. Um, and my, she's like my grandma Susie and they're, they're all mixed and my grandma's white, but I like during school I went to a school that was predominantly black because I lived in the north north of Omaha and north Omaha is just north north that's just where it's the hood you know it's like black people heaps of black people just live there and on the occasion you'll get your average white person I'd say like every year that I went to school I went to school grade one to six in Omaha and I think every single year that I went to school, there was maybe one white person or two white people throughout the whole school. Wow. All of the seven years that I'd gone there because I did pre-K and in kindergarten and, you know, like. That's insane. And then you'd come to Australia and it would be like the total opposite. I honestly like, like from, okay, growing up there, um, like I said, you, you're young, so you don't really realize, yeah. but like. You know, I was surrounded by a lot of, I was surrounded by a lot of gang violence. Like the, the, the road down the street from me was third most dangerous place in 2009. And I was already here, but 40, my grandma lives on 41st street and 40th Ave is like the most gang violence, the most deaths within Omaha. Um, it, it, like I said, become third most dangerous place in America in 2009. Wow. Like it was just kind of like really fucked up down there. We could walk down to, so there's a, there's a market down there. It's like a grocery store. We could walk down there maybe when I was younger, but over the time I'd say like I was visiting every year when I'd come here. So I moved here 2000, end of 2007. And every year that I'd go back home to visit, 
it would gradually start getting worse and worse. I couldn't go down to the store by myself. I couldn't walk down. Like we had to get driven down. Then we just stopped going to that store. We just started going to a whole last other store. Like it was, it got to a point, the times that I was visiting home that we couldn't actually get down there because it was too dangerous. Mm. Like it was just shootings and shootings and shootings. And I got, you know, Tons oh. of gang violence stories. Like I, my brother died of gang violence. What? Um, my cousin, yeah, like he died. I'd say, I'd say like fifteen years ago now, sixteen. I'm wow. not too sure. Was he? But like, was he in a gang or was he um, targeted? You know, by accident, kind of thing. Was he in the just in the firing line? So, the story that I heard was he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. And in my opinion, my brother at the time was probably most likely selling weed. Uh-huh. But, um, yeah, he, he ended up being, he was just caught in a situation which he was, he could have been there, he could have very much so been dealing, he could have very much so been receiving. I don't know what he was doing, but he got shot in his thigh and it hit a main artery and he died because he drove himself to the hospital. It was like, it was like proper gang violence shit because he didn't, he didn't feel like he could have called an ambulance at the time. And how old was he? 20, I want to say like 26 or something like that. Very young. Yeah. That's hair around that age. But like the shit's crazy because that happened. And then I've had, I've had cousins in and out of jail multiple mm. times from gang violence. I've had, I've had cousins that I had never even met just get out of jail randomly and me be like, oh, shit, you're my cousin. And they're like, oh, hey, what's up? And then next year they're back in jail. Like, yeah. This is extended, extended family. Like my immediate black family, we're all, we're all good kids. My grandma would beat my ass if we was doing some <laughs> shit like that. But like, <laughs> we, we were, you know, and then there was a couple of our extended families that had died. Uh, it's just interesting though, girl, growing up in that life and then coming over here. Yeah. And I was like thrown into, I went to pretty much a private state school, Ascot State School. And that was just, just such a change. Like got there in grade six and everybody was white as fuck. I was the only <laughs> black person. I was Rude the only awakening. black person in my school. Like I was like, oh shit. <laughs> wow. So what was the catalyst for you moving over here was it because of the the gang violence and things like that or um what made your mom want to move over here you and your mom and your sister moved over too didn't she yeah she did so um my my mother actually is a singer and she she was providing for us by traveling overseas and performing there so she was a resident singer in China for a really long time wow. um she was going back and forth to like uh, Taiwan and um Beijing and a couple of other places she was a she, I think she was singing in Tokyo for a little bit as well and her and my dad my real dad were actually in a band together uh-huh. um, so prior to even my mom traveling by herself the band were doing uh I think it was the Department of Defense. They were singing for the Department of Defense. So they were going overseas, traveling with them while they were training and stuff like that and just being their entertainment. Um, and just like my mom, my mom's been everywhere around the world, like just mm. doing that and providing for us in that way. 
Um, so she, her and my dad, my real dad fell off because he started getting involved in drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom came over here. Uh, sorry, my mom, I lie, I take all that back. My mom <laughs> met my stepdad in, in Beijing, but my sister ended up moving back to America because, I don't know, that's another weird point to point out. Like, I feel like... Um, the toxicity of that place, you know, like my yeah. sister just felt like she couldn't possibly make a way here. She was like, I can't, there's no way that I can make a future here. There's no way. Like, I think she just felt at the, at the time, Brisbane and Australia was so mm. young. Yeah. I bet 2007 you moved over here. I can remember Brisbane then. Yeah. It's changed so much. Um, and also her being older than you and probably feeling even more of an outcast, I guess, being, a young black woman in a very white yeah. place would have just been like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. It was just different. And like my sister, like um, my sister is different. She had different reasons for wanting to move back. She was a bit of a drama queen and <laughs> she was like, oh, I fell in love and she didn't want to move away from this girl that she was in love with anyway. Um, but <laughs> that's a whole nother story. But she, she felt like she just needed to go back home. So she went back home and now she's, over there and it's really uh, it's actually really interesting but she's just fallen into the trap of America she's mm. like completely fallen into this like pit of toxic waste and she's mm. unfortunately like she's getting better but she wasn't doing too well for a couple of for a couple of years like she wasn't doing too well she just mm. kind of like went on this downward spiral and a lot of it had to do with drugs. A lot of it had to do with gang shit because drugs. And then just like, I don't know. I was just like, I don't know. I, I'm very grateful for the life that I have here. Yeah. You're happy that you're in Australia? Yeah. I didn't take it for granted moving here because it was like, I knew that even though I was out of place and that this was a really odd spot for me to be in, that this was going to be beneficial and this mm-hmm. was going to be worthwhile. Like eventually something great is going to come out of this this whole entire like a lot of great things have come out of this whole entire experience, but I live here now and I'm officially Australian. So it's like not even ex- an experience. I'm just living, you know. So when you were growing up in America, you were just a kid really, but did you experience racism? I mean, institutionally, but what about in day to day, especially if you said that, you know, you didn't really interact with white people when you were growing up. Um, interestingly enough, I, had never been well like obviously we were told to watch out and whatnot but it wasn't that severe yet Mm. Um, the institutionalized racism that was that was kind of the main thing that I had to deal with um I was living in a very segregated place Omaha is still to this day quite segregated it's getting better but it was very rare that you saw even a Hispanic in our area because like yeah. it was just separated in that way we had a lot of Vietnamese um, immigrants as well and they all lived in a certain spot so it was like everybody was just separated you know the whites lived here the Hispanics lived here the Vietnamese lived here and the, the blacks lived north you know um, that was that for me um, and then I guess traveling over to those places and people being like well you know just looking at me like what are you doing over here sort of thing um, I dealt with a lot of racism from my own race, if anything, right. which I would, um, yeah, I would, I would actually identify that as 
I guess tribalism because it's all about territory and shit. Like um, it gets to a point where people, they just start attacking you for the little things. Like I got attacked for being a darker color. I got attacked for being a chubby kid. I got attacked for being, you know, having good hair. I was the black girl with the good hair because my hair was soft. So I got attacked for that. I got attacked for traveling at a young age overseas because I had gone to China with my mom. And then my mom was traveling and bringing me back souvenirs. So she was actually told, you can't bring that shit into this school because you're making all my kids ask me dumb questions about where they going. Mm. Like my mom actually got asked to not bring or give me presents and let me bring them to school. So I couldn't, I had a cute little koala backpack. I couldn't bring that to school. Wow. Because like, it would make the other kids jealous. Bullied. Yeah, I got bullied. And then they... They got jealous. They were just mad. And I was like, bitch, I don't even know, like, what you mean? <laughs> I'm just trying for. to wear my collar backpack. I'm just trying to look down. And you know it's cute. That's why everybody was pissed <laughs> off, though, because they, it, it, I thought, like, being over there, obviously, it all just stems back down to that one thing of institutionalized racism. But, like, it's almost like those kids felt hopeless. They felt like they couldn't do that Mm. and I don't know I think that's the saddest bit about it was that you know people got upset with me for no I I, honestly I don't know why kids attacked me like that but like it it, it'll always I don't know I actually really don't know Mm. but it stays with you though doesn't it yeah because you get to a point where like even like here you know I've got really great friends and here I am I just am who I am, but like I stand out like a sore fucking thumb because yeah, of, yeah. you know, just I like I I have I already have my skin color, and then I wear ridiculous exotic clothes, and then people are like, oh, I didn't expect you to dress like that, and blah blah blah, and, you know. So I do stand out regardless, um, but it's almost like I've over the years started to, I've started to realize that. You know, I'm turning 24 in a couple of, I don't know, what, what's today? Turning 24 in 23 days. Woo-hoo! And I've come to this, yeah, I know, I'm so excited. I've come to this crazy realization that there's a lot of people that are more excited with the idea of being my friend as opposed to being my friend. And Oh, uh, that's really big. That's a really big realization. It's really interesting. It's really interesting as well, uh, being like, I mean, guess just being who I am. Like, I don't, I don't think that I'm anything special, but um, all of these ridiculously bold um, choices and things that I do with myself in my life, um, like, cause people to just, like, they just want to be my friend because it might, just for them right there, it's just really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you feel like sometimes you get tokenized? Yeah, um, I did a lot when I was when we were a lot younger. Like growing up here, going to high school here was so interesting. I got called the token black friend a lot. Mm. I'll put it this that way. You know, yeah. it happened, and that's just people's um, that that's just them not educating themselves on what's right and what's wrong. And obviously, at the time, like I was still young, and I thought that that was okay for some reason. You know, yeah. I wasn't surrounded by enough people that could influence me um, in the way of knowing that that was wrong. Yeah. I just had my mom. 
And I didn't always go to my mum with that shit because I didn't at the time think it was bad. I didn't have any black aunties here to guide me. I had the time, uh, the, the once a year that I went back home to America was my conditioning. It was me just like remembering who the fuck I am sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so when I don't have that, it's not that I'm forgetting who I am. It's just there's this energy that you get from visiting your family and being yeah. around your family and being around the people that literally raised you. Like I was raised by a village. My mom was gone for three months at a time, you know, you know, being around that, you just start to forget. And and I hear I was really, I was just surrounded by a lot of people that didn't know what was wrong. So uh. I had to kind of like remind myself, Oh, that's not right. But it started, it did get lost a lot, you know, being, and, and I've talked about this to a lot of young black girls that grew up with predominantly white friends in, in a very white area. It's interesting how it all kind of panned out. Do you think that affected your self-esteem and stuff? Like, I know you were talking about how you dress really boldly and, and you, like, have a big personality and stuff, but were you always like that when you were growing up? Uh, my self-esteem has always been pretty decent. Like, I've always remembered who I am. Um... But it did, I won't lie, like it did get to a point where the features that I obviously have, they weren't cutting it for me. I was thinking that I needed to look like this and that I needed to have straight hair and that I needed to be really thin. I wasn't a fat girl. I was a very curvy, thick girl. I, I was always like, I would say I was always like a size, a good size 12 to 16. Mm. on average obviously these girls were like 50 kilos so they were just so much skinnier than I was mm. and I was just the big girl I was mm. the girl that played sports I was the thrower I I did all of that stuff I was training like five to six times a week like I was doing all that shit um so I did and I was never I was never losing weight to get skinny so I did actually have problems with my self-esteem being around those girls um, and then obviously being the only black girl, I did feel, I don't know, I just felt weird. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how else to explain it other than like my hair didn't sit the way the other girls did. So if I had a sleepover, I had to take those extra steps to make sure I didn't look stupid the next day. Yeah. In my opinion, it looked stupid. Like, you know, my hair was wild and crazy and I couldn't be bothered hearing anyone say anything about it. So I was going to great lengths to make sure that that couldn't possibly happen. Like I was getting my hair permanently straightened all the time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, our poor hair. Hey, we put it through I a box. And we like my grandma, you know, I watched all my aunties and my cousins over time, get their hair permanently straightened. My grandma does. And my auntie's been getting her hair permanently straightened for years. Cause like, she just believes that's the healthiest way for it. I don't know why. Um, she just always has. She's got long, good hair, so she's always done that. And my grandma will still go and get her hair permed. And, like, I'm like, guys, why why did we ever tell each other that this was the easiest way to maintain our hair? Like, why did we, when did we ever, why did we plant that into exactly. the minds of a black person? Like, exactly. why did we think that that was okay? It's just so ingrained now into the culture, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, You've got to have long, straight hair. Like my, my hair was permanently straightened all the time. There were actually, you know, actually this is a, this is a really good point. There was a time when I went to Clayfield where I was getting my hair braided into a ponytail. That was grade like 
I'd say grades eight to grade nine. Yeah. And I was getting it braided into a ponytail. And my teacher actually had a personal development. Um, she was a teacher, but she was also like, it's like a counselor. She told me that my hair wasn't neat enough. And she, <sighs> I, I actually got like mum involved and mum came up to the school. Like, what do you mean it's not neat enough? And she's like, look here, it's written in all of these. And my mum, like, my mom damn near fought this bitch for <laughs> not allowing me to have my braids at school because it was such an easy thing for me at the time. I was getting up at like six o'clock every morning to go to training and oh, well, six, five thirty. but I lived around the corner. So it was like a plus for me, but I was getting up <laughs> early to go to training every morning. I had to do so much work and I was like, I can't keep waking up to do my hair. And then go, like, I had to wake up even earlier just to get my hair at least half decent. Like, yeah, I was like, I can't, I can't be bothered to do this anymore. And so I didn't. I was like, I just wanted braids. And I was playing softball as well, wearing helmets. So I don't know. It, it was really frustrating. But apparently I wasn't allowed to have my braids because they weren't neat enough. So that did kind of cause me to get my hair permanently straightened all the time. Because at the time, if I couldn't have it braided, that was the easiest way for me to maintain it. Yeah, and also you just want to fit in, right? You don't want people telling you, like, oh, your hair's messy. Oh, look at your hair, blah, blah, blah. You just want people to just pretty much in the nicest possible way ignore you. Like, you just want to be part of the crowd. Exactly. I, like, I never, I didn't, I actually, like, nowadays don't like my high school self because I didn't realise that it was actually okay to, like, not have attention. That makes sense. Like, I wanted to stay in the back because I was like, I don't want my, I just didn't want my nationality and my skin color getting in the way of things. Like I had people actually believe that I wasn't American because they were like, oh, you're just putting it on just to try and seem cool. Because people used to do that shit back in the day. So I just tried so hard to just be like, oh, fuck off. Like, yeah, exactly. Do you think that racism in Australia and America are comparable? I think it really depends on who on who is on the receiving end because yeah. it it is comparable like there's racism everywhere there's racism like there's blacks that hate blacks there's whites that hate whites there's mm. whites that hate blacks of course and then yeah. so forth and so on but like the racism in America is just so the reason it's more fucked is cuz there's more people there yeah. That's the only reason. It's the statistics that kind of put you and then it's the it's it's all of the stuff that they're allowed to get away with. It's all of the police brutality that we've been obviously facing and it's just the fact that like no one's being prosecuted for those things. And obviously here that is that is very clearly happening. Like we're still mm. facing the same situation on a much lower scale and it's still it's always going to be comparable to me because it's not fair. Like I don't, I, I couldn't believe coming here and just hearing how badly people had it out for Aboriginals. Mm. And I don't understand why, but I feel like the Aboriginal race here receive a lot of racism from their own people and yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's fair. And so, for any, like, I don't think it's on. I don't. I actually don't even know how to explain it. It's just interesting because yeah. there's no difference at all to me. 
there's mm. just different scales that it's happening on. There's different things that are happening that can make a situation seem worse than what it is. But like realistically, there's still people getting treated like shit here. Yeah. There's still people um, that are from different countries in Africa that get treated like shit here from different Australians all the time. You know, there's just, there. there's a lot of, um, I was friends with a girl from, Ethiopia she she I went to uni with her and she was telling me about when she grew up here going to school she had a lot of people asking her if she'd ever been through any like massive traumatic experiences because of her place of origin like oh like you know did you like watch your family get brutally murdered and did you get like raped by this guy and did this happen to you like asking her ridiculous questions like that because Mm their country has been through so much shit and that's what we hear about over here. So she actually had white people coming to her asking her really personal questions like that about her life and not being very cautious of the fact that like that could have possibly happened and that could have been why she was here, probably seeking asylum. Yeah. I don't know. The past couple of months has been like really uh, intense in terms of what's been happening with the heightened focus on the Black Lives Matter movement in Australia and in America. Um, have you been talking to your friends and family in America a lot during this moment? It's really interesting. Um, my my family in America, like, I actually don't know how to explain it. In North Omaha, where we're from, like I was saying, there's not many white people where my grandma lives and the couple of years ago that I went there were more and we were kind of surprised because it was like oh okay more Mm. more you know difficulties are moving into this area but my grandma wouldn't have really had to face any of that sort of stuff recently to have to be able to talk on it do you know what I mean um I guess I would say that I have received a lot more questioning here than they have in America and I think it's because I'm like I said I'm this the sore thumb like I'm just standing out so I'm the I'm the oddball in the pack and they can they feel like they can come up to me and be like so what's what do you think about all of this so I think I've faced a lot more of that I don't think um like my grandma really wouldn't even be able to have a say on much of it and then my sister's kind of just been off doing her own thing so they they wouldn't really they they just they hang they stick to their own And, and if you're with them then you're with them if you're not then you're not and that's like usually the case like I said my my grandma's a sewer and a knitter and she does quilting so she's friends with a lot of different um different ladies they're all like white and mixed and asian and blah 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 so they just stick to their own they're just doing Mm. what they're doing and what about with everything that's happening over there with um covid19 how how has the black community been faring has your dad been okay yeah, see, that's a that's another thing. Like, my dad's been alright. He's been in the house because he had he had a knee surgery, he had a little knee replacement. Um, but COVID, people are so in denial about it over there, and it sucks that I can that I have to say this, but even some of my fellow Black people have been in mm. denial about it, just treating it as if it's a game. They're like, because the media over there, they don't expose anything. They don't tell you shit. Like, if you're mm. from if you're from Omaha. Nebraska, you're only hearing about news from Omaha, Nebraska. You're not hearing about the news that's happening like all around America. And that's the biggest issue that we're facing, you know. Mm. It's just like they all think that everything is a hoax. It's all a game. It's not real. This isn't really happening, you know. 
it's yeah. kind of like I've got people that really do believe in conspiracies over there, like really believe that that when they are flying in a plane that it is just an like it's a projection. They're looking oh out of a gosh. window and it's just a projection. And I'm like, do you guys really think that that's happening? Like you think that when I fly from from Australia to get here that that's what's happening? I'm like, How? what have you been doing here? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what have you been doing? Like, oh have you God. been getting out of the house? Like, what what is it? And it's just because like you're stuck in you're stuck in a bubble. You're stuck in one spot there. Like, if you, you live more that, coastal, yeah. yeah, you have more. If you live more coastal, you have kind of more information. But do you think yeah, as well yeah, that yeah. kind of like you were saying that you know if you're in Nebraska, you get the news about Nebraska. And do you think that kind of plays out with the election as well? Like people not really getting mm. all the information and stuff like that. Cause yeah. I'm like so nervous about it and I'm not American obviously, but I'm like, Oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Uh, it's like, like, honestly, like I registered to vote. Um, but I'm so terrified of all of that stuff because I know how it's going to happen. Everything's rigged. I mm. don't trust the system whatsoever. I'm still going to vote, but mm. it's just like, I'm terrified, okay? I know for a fact that there's going to be so much information that my family aren't receiving and they're not going to look it up. Like, all of my family work full-time jobs and it's not that they're not going to look it up. It's just that everyone's, it's, America is that exact trap that we're afraid of, you know, the social media, the food, the literal diabetes in everybody, the, the, like, it's just like my family, like, they almost live in that sort of America's facade. They, they yeah. live in, sorry, it's not even a facade. It's a very clear picture. Like they live in that. They come home from work, they're tired as fuck. So they get probably a takeaway and then they just sit on their phones and watch social media. Like nobody, nobody is as inclusive as I want them to be yeah. on all of this kind of stuff. And it's really scary because if my family is like that and I find I have a very smart, and um, educated family. They've all, most of my grandma's kids have been to university and have had degrees and stuff, which is very surprisingly rare for a black family in America to yeah. majority of you have graduated from university. That is very rare. Um, so I'd say that my family is quite smart and, and successful, but I'd also say that there's things that I know that they don't pay attention to that's just really important and they're caught in that trap. It's actually just a trap. Like living over there is a trap. Everything that, that we see that's amazing and fun is a facade and it's just a trap, you know? So yeah. would you ever move back? Can you see yourself living there again? If I had to, if I had to like for work purposes or something like that, yeah. But to live there and to try and live a healthy life there it would just be so difficult for me personally like growing up there was great like I said but coming over here and then realizing what I had actually grown up in um not my family having anything to do with that comment just America in general yeah it's kind of like fucked up like I get like I go back home and I guess the most sort of prejudice that I receive when I go back to America is Oh my God. Like, where's your accent from? Like, mm. you don't, you don't, you don't sound like you're from here and you definitely don't present yourself like you're from here. So like, what do you do? 
they just want to know so much about me because I'm not like every other black person over there because I do have an Australian accent and I'm like, I probably speak differently. I don't know, but <laughs> I get that curiosity and I think that that is a part of, that is a part of the, that's the prejudice that I sort of receive when I go back there. Yeah. It's just that like, what are you doing? Like, why are you, why do you live in Australia? Even from like extended family, like cousins that would, I guess, come across as like maybe just like jealous or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. But they used to, they used to treat me like shit when I came back from Australia. Like, oh, so you just, you just think you cool because you got all this and you be doing that and blah blah blah. And I'm like, dude, I'm just, I didn't really get a choice. Hey, yeah, like, exactly. You're a kid when you moved. Yeah, over. like, yeah, I kind of had to. <laughs> All right, so the last question I want to ask you is, do you have any recommendations for the listeners, something that they can try at home? Well, okay, so what I find really, my, my stepdad is a, like I said, my stepdad is a geologist, and I actually don't know if I did say that, but he studies a lot of um, where we originally, where we originally came from, like mm-hmm. um all the Neanderthal stuff and blah, 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 all of that, Homo sapiens and mm-hmm. all of that migrating from Africa 50,000 years ago. And I think it would be really interesting if people were to look at that, um, just the timeline of Earth and humans, mm-hmm. because that kind of shit has really opened my eyes as to why we are the way that we are. Like, like I was talking about tribalism before, because it did start, it did start as tribalism, not racism, you know, because mm. there's, there's different tribes that still hate each other within their own race. And yeah. that's where it kind of originated from. It's where we're from. You know, Americans may hate, you know, this country, but they may not hate a white person. Maybe they literally just hate this country. But that's mm-hmm. just an example that's not true. But like, um, It's just, it's something that's really interesting for me. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed the chat and make sure you keep an eye out for the next episode in this series with Ashley. The best way to do that is actually if you can subscribe, just hit that little subscribe podcast. And while you're there, rate and review. And also why not give us a share on Instagram? This podcast is now going to come out weekly on a Tuesday. So make sure you're ready for that. You can find all the links to Blackbird's Instagram, my Instagram and Ashley's Instagram in the show notes. And as always, if you have any guest or topic suggestions, slide into my DMs or send us an email also in the show notes. Have a great week and I'll be back with you next Tuesday.